जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी जय राधा माधव जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी जय गोपी जनवल्लाभा गिरिवरधारी गिरिवरधारी जय गोपी जनवल्लाभा गिरिवरधारी जय गोपी गिरिवरधारी जय यशोदानंदन ब्रज जन रंजन यशोदा यशोदानंदन ब्रज जन रंजन यशोदा यमुनातीरावन चारी जय यमुनातीरावन चारी जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी जय राधा कुंज जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी जय जय श्री चैतन्य जय नित्यानंद जय जय श्री चैतन्य जय नित्यानंद जय जय श्री चैतन्य जय नित्यानंद जय द्वैत चंद्र जय गौर भक्त बिंद जय द्वैत चंद्र जय गौर भक्त बिंद जय जय श्री चैतन्य जय नित्यानंद जय द्वैत चंद्र जय गौर भक्त बिंदा 
Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama Hare 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 Krishna Krishna Hare Hare Hari Bol, Hari Bol, Hari Bol, Nitagora, Hari Bol, Nitagora, Hari Bol, Nitagoranga, Hari Bol, Hari Hari bol nitai gora, Hari bol nitai gora, Hari bol. Jaya, Jaya Prabhupad, 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 Jaya Jaya Prabhupad, Jaya Jaya. Jaya Jaya Prabhupada 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 Jaya Jaya Prabhupada Jaya Jaya Prabhupada Jaya Jaya Gurudev Gurudev Guru Dev Jajaya, Guru Dev Jajaya. Jai Jai Om Vishnu Padra Mahantra Sri Raja Gitaraja Astuvata Astashishimad His Divine Grace. 
all glories to the assembled devotees, Hare Krishna. All glories to the assembled devotees, Hare Krishna. All glories to the assembled devotees, Hare Krishna. All glories, all glories, Shri Shri Guru and Gauranga. Glories to Srila Prabhupada. Hare Krishna, welcome, welcome, please. I've got to pull this below my nose, otherwise this fogs my glasses, I can't read. Yeah. <laughs> what, you know what to do. Got to make some compromises in life. So welcome everybody to this uh, Sunday Feast program. So we be led the kirtan. By His grace, Naveen Krishna Prabhu. Thank you very much, Prabhu. Wonderful. Or did it sound and then you came in? Nice. Good. Very good. Thank you. Well, thank you, Aradhya, as well. Okay, so we'll start. We'll read today from Bhagavad Gita, chapter 4, which is entitled Transcendental Knowledge, chapter uh, text number 36. Please uh, let's put our hands together and chant. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Gyanati Mirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshuran Militam Yena Tasme Shigarave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swam Rupaha Kadamachyam Dadati Svapadantikam Vandeham Sri Guruho Sri Tapatakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sagana Raghunathan Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvetam Savadhutam Parijana Saitam Krishna Chaitan Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Saganalita Shri Vishakan Vitamscha He Krishna Karuna Sindhu Deen Bandhu Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostate Taptakanchana Gorangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priya Vancha Kalpa Tirubhascha Kripa Sandhu Bhyayivacha Patitanam Pavanebhya Vaishnavebhya Namo Nama Nama Om Vishnupadaya Krishna Peshtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namine Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesh-shanyavadi paschat-deshutarine Jaya Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhara Srivasa Adigora Bhakta Brinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 
कृष्णा कृष्णा हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे जय श्रीमद भागवत गीते था रूप की जाय श्री श्री राधा कलचंद जी की जाय शिल प्रपाद की जाय श्री गौर भक्त बृंद की जाय निताय गौर प्रमानंदे हरि हरि गौर So today we are reading from chapter 4, text number 36. So I'm going to go word for word. Uh, oh, you do have your thing on. So maybe you can uh, repeat after me. We'll still go word for word so everybody can say the words at the same time. So please repeat after me. Api, Chet, Asi, पापेभ्य सर्वेभ्य अपीचेदशी पापेभ्य सर्वेभ्य पापकृतमहाभ्य पापकृतमहाप्लवान Vrijinam santarishyasi Vrijinam santarishyasi Apichedasi papebhya Sarvebhya papakrittamaha Sarvam jnana praveneva Vrijinam santarishyasi अपीचेदशी पापेभ्य सर्वेभ्य अपीचेदसी पापेभ्य सर्वेभ्य पापकृतमहाजी नाम संतरीशसी
So please repeat word for word. Api, even, chet, if, asi, you are, papebhya, of sinners, sarvebhya, of all, papakrittamaha, the greatest sinner, sarvam, all such sinful reactions, Jnana Plaveneva, uh, sorry, Jnana Plavena, by the boat of transcendental knowledge, Eva, certainly, Vrijinam, the ocean of miseries, Santarishasi, you will cross completely. Translation, please repeat after me. Even if you are considered to be the most sinful of all sinners, when you are situated in the boat of transcendental knowledge, you will be able to cross over the ocean of miseries. So again, if you are, even if you are considered to be the most sinful of all sinners, when you are situated in the boat of transcendental knowledge, you will be able to cross over the ocean of miseries. Purport by His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Proper understanding of one's constitutional position in relationship to Krishna is so nice that it can at once lift one from the struggle for existence which goes on in the ocean of nations. This material world is sometimes regarded as an ocean of nations and sometimes as a blazing forest. In the ocean, however, sorry, in the ocean, however expert a swimmer may be, sorry, read that again. In the ocean, however expert a swimmer one may be, the struggle for existence is very severe. If someone comes forward and lifts the struggling swimmer from the ocean, he is the greatest Savior, perfect knowledge received from the Supreme Personality of Godhead is the path of liberation. The boat of Krishna consciousness is very simple, but at the same time, the most sublime. Om Jnana Timirandasya Jnana Jnana Shalakaya Chakshuran Militam Yena Tasme Shri Gurave Namaha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishthaya Bhutale Srimate Tamal Krishna Guruswami Nityananda So this chapter, chapter 4 of the Bhagavad Gita, is titled Transcendental Knowledge. So knowledge comes in three categories. The first category is of metaphysical sciences. Metaphysical sciences speak about sense objects, they speak about the senses, uh, about the mind, about the intelligence, and about the false ego. 
So these five constitute the basis of transcendent, of uh, metaphysical knowledge. And then comes spiritual knowledge, which will start from the level of the intelligence, goes to, again, the false ego, then consciousness itself, then the real ego, and finally about the soul and the origin, one of the origins of the soul, which is called Brahman. Brahman means the all-pervasive energy of the Lord. And then finally, the greatest of all knowledge is called transcendental knowledge. And transcendental knowledge starts from the level of the uh, of the uh, the soul, then to our real ego, then to Brahman, then further on to two more origins of the soul. These three origins are the same, but in three different features. In the earlier phase, in the spiritual phase, one feature was covered. In the transcendental phase, two more features are covered. The feature of the super soul, that is the Lord sitting in all of our hearts. Uh, our heart is here. This is the spiritual heart. And then there's a material heart to the left of the spiritual heart. In the spiritual heart, uh, two personalities. Each, each and every one of us in our hearts, that, that eye, that's the little eye, and then the Lord himself is like the big eye. And then, the origin of all origins is the supreme personality of God in himself, who is known as Paramsatya, the supreme absolute truth. Parabrahman, because the first phase of God is the impersonal feature of the Lord, his energy that flows everywhere called Brahman, Brahman, Brahman. But Krishna is Parabrahman. So he's the cause of Brahman. He's the origin of Brahman. So he's known as Parabrahman. Parabrahman sometimes is known as the Parameshwara because there are a number of Aishwaras, so he's the Parameshwara, like that. So this transcendental science is so powerful that no matter what anybody is facing in terms of difficulties, those difficulties are easily surmounted. It's a little like because in this yuga, it's called Kali Yuga, money is one of the best understood things in the world. People really understand money. So I'm going to speak a little in money terms so it makes sense what I'm saying. So imagine, you know, we are living our lives and then, and then we have some, some difficulty that arises as a which of wit, as a result of which we have to spend some money to take care of the problem. And so now, imagine that the problem that arose was going to cost, say, $10 million to solve. Okay. Now, obviously, for most of us, they'll be way beyond our reach. We think to ourselves, no way, we're going to manage a $10 million bill. But for a billionaire, a $10 million bill is quite easy to take care of. For a trillionaire, a $10 million bill is actually nothing. It's a joke for a trillionaire, a person who's a trillionaire with a T. Because in a trillion dollars are more than a thousand, a thousand billion dollars plus. Every billion dollars has a thousand million dollars in it. So you can imagine a thousand times thousand, there's a, a million times million dollars in a trillion. You get the idea? So because the trillionaire has so much money, the 
10 million dollar problem is nothing but for those who have very little that 10 million dollar problem can be a very very arresting problem it can cause so much difficulty that there's no way you can cross over it similarly in terms of knowledge when we have transcendental knowledge then there is no problem in the world including death that cannot be taken care of by the transcendentalist it's actually very simple for the transcendentalist to take care of death why because the transcendentalist to get to the point of becoming a transcendentalist the person has become eternal in their nature just like for us imagine you know we're a 6 month old baby right and we're going to be living say for 100 years which is supposed to be the age we live to and then we have a what they call a onesie on us right onesie means it's a cloth that covers the whole body one piece if the onesie gets torn how much of a problem is it for the body of the baby how much of a problem is it for the mind of the baby for the intelligence of the baby if the onesie gets torn how much of a problem do you think it is it's nothing exactly that's the correct answer it's nothing in fact the baby doesn't even know that the cloth got torn who figures out that the cloth got torn the mother the father an elder brother elder sister some adult figured out oh the onesie is torn we should give this person a new onesie new 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 cloth right okay we'll throw the other cloth away give them a new cloth so when we come to the point of transcendental knowledge we understand that actually losing the body is nothing why because a new body will be given which will be probably a lot better hopefully a lot better the reason it's a lot better is if you've been trying at least to become a transcendentalist you see if you try to become a trillionaire what is the chance that you will be a billionaire very good chance right because it's like you failed 1000 times because in a trillion is a thousand billion if you try to become a billionaire trillionaire billion will be quite easy because you know that what it takes to become a trillionaire is going to be some great intelligence some great correct action right so the idea is that if we can actually look at the most progressive stage of our life which is a transcendentalist then all the other phases will become very easy for us as opposed to what's happening now is that most of us are struggling so much that we consider small problems that we in our lives as very big problems but they're not they're not really big problems they're only big because our consciousness is so low if the consciousness rises the same problems are insignificant another example i'll give is the baby again for a 6 month old baby can that baby easily drown in a foot of water at 6 months yes right it's not fully in control of its functions yet so it little struggle it can fall down and not get up in time that the water overcomes them and they could be over life could be over right but for a 20 year old we can see that there are 20 year olds 
who frolic in 50 miles of water in the ocean. 50 miles of water doesn't affect the 20-year-old who's learned how to swim. In fact, the 20-year-old has a lot of fun. Goes underwater, comes out again, lies flat on the water, figures out how to build a boat, makes money taking products from one country to another on that water. People make billions of dollars from the ocean, right? And in one foot of water could have killed a person. The ocean is giving pleasure to how many people. So we can see, similarly, for a transcendentalist, an ocean depth of problems is a frolicking place. The transcendental can frolic in that. Whereas everybody else is struggling and suffering and trying to figure out what to do just to stay alive, the transcendentalist is actually okay. Transcendentalist is no problem. So this is why it is important in this verse to understand that we must aim for transcendental knowledge. And if we aim for transcendental knowledge, then all of the things will be easy to overcome and happen. Now, let me give you an example, because most of us here are Indians, as I see it. Few Americans here. Anyway, everybody can understand this point. In America, who are considered the most, the wealthiest people of America? Which race is considered the most powerful, the richest race in America? Oh, wow. No, but before that, income is one thing, but rich in terms of wealth, in terms of assets, in terms of uh, the strength, politically strength, political strength. Sorry? No, not really, no. Not quotation. The Jews, yes. Jews are number one. Jews are number one, right? Okay. This Caucasian is a very large, it's not a race, really. Jews, Jews are a race, right? Okay, they're the richest. When did they come to America? Nine forties? Yeah, nine forties. You're right, nine forties. Okay. And in a short period of time, they became the wealthiest people in America, right? Even though the others were here 100, 200 years before that, right? When did the Indians come to America? Yeah, mainly the 80s, really. 60s, 70s, a lot of Indians came, but 80s, I think, when the tech age set in, right? When do you think the tech people came in? 80s, 90s? More like 90s. I, I said 80s, maybe it was a little being generous to people. But let's say 90s, okay? It's a fact. Really came in the 90s. Before that, some Indians came. But, and those Indians are also doing well. But after the 90s, the Indians became very wealthy too, right? Okay? And now who is the wealthier? It's the Indians, right? It's projected that the Indians, today, Prabhuji is a good example. We have uh, uh, with us, uh, very amazing devotee, his name is Hemant Kale Prabhu. And he was telling me today that, oh, I just bought a 2,500-acre property and a 2,100-acre property. We can't buy one-quarter-acre properties, right? Most people in America cannot buy a one-quarter-acre property. Let me tell you that. You see what I'm saying? So and now these Indians are buying up all this property, becoming, like you said, the wealthiest uh, 
in terms of income, per capita highest income earning is now the Indians, right? So what is it that the Indians have that the Jews do not have? Anybody can tell me? I'm not being racist. The Jews will accept this. They've already accepted this as actual fact. What do the Indians have that Jews do not have? Huh? Say it again. No, both are very religious. Jews are very religious people. If you ever meet Jews, very religious. They're deep into their religion, no doubt about it. I think the Indians may not be as religious. <laughs> Personally. Anyway, I'm a biased person. I'm Indian, I can criticize Indians. So. But I, I don't think that they'll beat them on that score. What else do you think? Sorry? Frugal life, yeah. Jews are quite frugal. Jews are quite frugal. Let me tell you the answer. Right? Knowledge, yeah. It is knowledge. Something related with knowledge, but exactly what? It's the fact that the Jews do not have a full conception of God. They, for example, if you ask a Jew, what does God look like? They'll say, don't even talk about it. It's sacrilegious. Because you'll say bad things about God and then you'll suffer. Don't even take the name of God. Take the name of God means you go to hell. Why? Because you're saying bad things about God, you're not saying good things about God. You don't know God, just zip your mouth, say nothing. Right? That's exactly what they'll tell you. And the Indians, they know more about God than God himself knows. They even start saying things about God they never heard in any scripture, you know what I mean? And some of them is correct. Some of that is correct, by the way. Because scripture doesn't contain all information about God. It contains some information of God. There is two types of jnana. Jnana and vijnana. Jnana is what is contained in scripture. Vijnana is what is the personal experience of a person in relationship to God. That's vijnana. So God can let a person know about himself something that's not written in the scripture, right? Fact? Yeah. I'll give you an example. Did you know in that picture that you see at the back where Krishna is lifting his hill, lifting the hill, Govardhan hill, that every living entity in Vindavan was brought underneath the hill, not just the humans and the cows. Every living entity, including the snakes, the birds, and everybody. And did you know what Krishna did was, below the hill he created many planetary systems and he took all of them into the planetary systems and let them have a great party for seven days continuously, non-stop. Not written in scripture. But the acharyas who actually experienced this when they were worshipping Krishna and Krishna gave them this message. It's actually a fact. As a result of which, a person will have all the opulences. Because when you come to know Krishna, Krishna means the all-attractive. He's also called Bhagavan. What does Bhagavan mean? Yeah, one who has all the opulences in full. That's Bhagavan. Now there's Bhagavan as well. Bhagavan means also a very powerful person. But Bhagavan is the greatest. Okay, and that's Krishna himself. So, because he has all the opulences, one who is his follower will also have all the opulences too. Naturally. So we can see how the opulences are coming naturally to the Indian race. In fact, anybody who takes to the process of Krishna consciousness 
and understands Krishna properly, will have these opulences because the opulences originally belong to Krishna. They're his. And he will gladly share it with those who are happy to have a relationship, a nice relationship with him. Why? Do you think he does that because he's insecure? Only if you have a relationship with me, then I'll give it to you. If you don't, I won't. No. He does that because he understands those who have a relationship with him will begin to understand what is the real purpose of life. What is the real meaning of life? Then that person can actually behave properly relative to everything. He'll have discipline, devotion, good character, strength of character. No matter how much difficulty anybody throws at them, they remain strong. Sometimes I say they can even terrorize a terrorist. That's power. Now, how does this happen? How does a person do transcendental life? That is what I wanted to talk about because I felt that if we talk about that, how a person actually becomes a transcendentalist, then we have some practical knowledge of what it means to have transcendental knowledge. So there are five things, and if you can think of them as A, B, C, D, and E, you'll remember them. But the first is association. Sadhu Sangha. By having the association of sadhus, one will develop good character. Because character is the most essential thing. If you don't have good character, then even good knowledge can be misapplied. People do that all the time. They take knowledge, which is actually sublime knowledge, but because they don't have good character, they use it for bad purposes. Sometimes they're known as God-men because they actually know the knowledge, but then they use it for enjoying the women or enjoying money, enjoying followers, which is not the purpose of that knowledge. But the sadhus are not like that. Sadhus have very clean character, very clean-hearted people. They're never interested in your money because they've gone past that phase. They're not interested in your fame, or your power, or your followership, or anything like that, because now they have God with them. When you have God with you, you don't need all the other things. You have everything that you need, more than everything you need. In fact, it's a little embarrassing. So the first is association. Keep good association. Number two is knowledge, the books of knowledge. Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavatam, Chaitanya Charitamrita. These books contain information in them that can liberate one, can give one proper understanding of how it is that one can become eternal and unlimited. Because in this world, the problems are that death intercedes and stops things from happening and people find themselves limited. They find themselves in a situation where they are uh, hamstrung or you might say straight-jacketed or handcuffed. They'd like to do some things, but they can't do it. To break through those, this knowledge liberates us. It gives us the power, as today it was said. Even if you are a most sinful person, if you actually are acquiring this knowledge, everything will come right. Your sinfulness will go away, your strength will come, and you'll be able to do amazing, amazing things. Who is the example of a sinful person who became amazingly great in this world? Anybody think of a person? 
very famous. Many, many famous people like that, but give me one name, one name. Can think of. Perfect example, Valmiki. Valmiki was so sinful, he couldn't even take the name of the Lord. I mean, how many of you can say Krishna? Say Krishna. How many of you can say Ram? It means you're not really big sinners. You're small time sinners. This person was so sinful, he couldn't say Krishna, he couldn't say Ram. And then he met who? He met Naradmani, right? Naradmani, very, very amazing transcendental preacher. So he knew, and he wanted him to become good character. Naradmani, perfect sadhu, perfect understanding of knowledge. So he says to Valmiki, look, why don't you take to good character, becoming a good character? You'll do great things in your life. So Valmiki became a little interested. So he asked Valmiki, please take the name of Ram. Valmiki, trying, trying, can't say Ram. (laughs) Such a sinner, he couldn't even say the name of Ram. But he liked to kill. Valmiki liked to kill. So he said, you say Mara. So he said, okay, Mara. Mara he could say. He was giving Mara to a lot of people. (laughs) So he could say Mara. So he said, now you repeat. Mara, 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 How many Rams came in there? Lots of Rams came in there, right? Mara, 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 So you got him to say Ram's name. Did you know how powerful he became just by doing that, associating with sadhu, getting transcendental knowledge like this? You know what happened? He predicted the advent of Lord Ram. He wrote the Valmiki. Did you know the Ramayana was written before Lord Ram came on this planet? He predicted. How many of you can predict your own life? If I told you, now please tell me what you will do from January 1, 2025 to December 31st, 2025. Put your hands up. How many of you can tell me right now? Perfectly. Day by day, hour by hour, what you will be doing in 2025. We can't even predict our own life. We can't predict God's life. He predicted God's life. He predicted who he'll be, when he will come, who he'll be born of, what he will do, what he will do, what he will eat, what politics will happen at the time. Everything. And when the Lord came and it happened, it exactly matched. See the power of transcendental knowledge. Then the third thing is chanting the holy names of the Lord. Why is chanting so important? It is important because when you're chanting the holy name of the Lord, you're glorifying the Lord. When you glorify the Lord, that is love. Love means to glorify. That is its proper definition. You will not find this in the English dictionary. Because the English dictionary was written by people who are not sadhus. Most dictionaries in this world were written by people who are not sadhus. Okay, so so the sadhus, when they give definition, it's correct definition. So the word love comes from the word kirtiyate. Kirtiyate iti kirtanam. To do kirtan means to glorify God. When you glorify God, you're showing love, and love is the most powerful thing in creation. Because this whole creation is running because of the love of God. It is the love of God, Krishna Prema, that runs this whole creation. So, when we do kirtan, we are showing love to the Lord. That love is going to empower us to do amazing, amazing things. 
This has been tested, by the way. In England, they decided to do this test for students. That one batch of students chant Hare Krishna, and the other batch students, they told them, don't chant anything. Don't, don't worry about chanting. Don't worry about chasing the glories of the Lord. And they found that the group that was chanting, suddenly their grades went very high. And the other ones, their grades remained the same. Why? Because we are made not just of this body, of this, of our intelligence, of the mind. We are also constructed of our ego. And there are two types of ego, the false ego and the real ego. We are also constructed of our consciousness. We are also constructed of our soul. We are also constructed of the three origins of the soul, Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. When you bring all of them in, then you are firing on all of your cylinders. Imagine you have an eight-cylinder car and only two cylinders are firing. What will happen to that car when it fires with only two cylinders out of eight? Make a lot of noise, right? But not go very far. Whereas if it is firing on 12 cylinders, it's going to go very fast, right? It will be very fast. Very powerful. This is why chanting is very important. This is why in this temple you will see there's a board there that says, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. The mantra simply means, O oh, oh energy of the Lord, O oh all attractive Lord, O oh reservoir of all pleasure, kindly engage me in your service. Service means to express love. That is the definition of the word service in the Sadhu Dictionary. So that's the third thing. Then the fourth thing is to actually dance in front of the deity. It's very important. Did you know in the spiritual world, people do only three things. They sing, they dance, and they feast. Every word is a song. Every step, a dance. And they love feasting. You can see there's a painting on that side of the wall. You see Krishna and his friends, including Balaram, having a feast. They're sitting down and eating. They're not always sitting down and eating, but my point is, they always look forward to the big feasts. And they never repeat the same food twice. That's how much variety they have. Here we tend to eat the same thing every day, right? Mostly. There it's not like that. They're very, very much variegated in what they eat. And they're always very fantastic. Every item they put in their mouth creates an explosion of bliss. And they're so powerful, they can eat hundreds of tons of food at one time. And then they don't have to run to the bathroom after that like we do. They can fix it into their body and the body doesn't expand. They always look young. They always look fresh. So this dancing is important. That's why in Hare Krishna temple you'll see when people are singing, people also dance. A devotional diet is also very important. Eating food that's offered to Krishna is also very important because when you eat, when Krishna offers the food, what does it become? It becomes prashadam. It becomes empowered by his mercy. So when you eat his mercy, you're going to do great things. Just like we are parents. What can the children do without the parents? What can a six-month-old, one-year-old, two-year-old child do without the parents? Pretty practically nothing, right? But the parents, by their love for the child, enable the child to do amazing things. Like going to a foreign country and visiting the foreign country. Right? Which most of us are not able to do because we don't have enough money to have that type of power to go and do that. You can see the power of mercy. Lord's mercy is the most powerful. And finally, the E stands for 
encouraging others. Now let me, if you, if you walk away not knowing anything I said, I want you to remember one thing in your life. This one thing that I'm going to say now. The most successful people and those who are successful in life, there is one thing that is in common with all of them. And that is, they do not focus on themselves. They focus on others. They consider their life to be successful if they can help others become happy. They focus on other people's success. Our problem is we focus on ourselves and therefore we have difficulties in our life. Write this down. That If you start focusing on others within one week, within two weeks, you will notice an amazing difference in yourself. You will notice that you are able to do things that you were not able to do before. You will become empowered. And after a month, you won't need to worry about what I said. You'll believe it, just like you believe one plus one equals two. It'll be a science for you. Serving others, helping others, is the greatest thing that a person can do. Why? Now let you understand why also. The why is that we are all children of God. Every one of us is a child of God. Now how many of you have more than one child in your house? Put your hand up. Wonderful. Do you live your life thinking, if one child becomes a billionaire, I think I'll be fine. Everybody else can go to hell. Is that what you think about your other children? No. What do you think about your children? You love all of them, right? And you want all of them to be more successful than you or equally successful as you or less successful than you? More successful. Krishna is also the father. He says that in Bhagavad Gita. Aham bij pradapitaha. I am the seed-giving father of all living entities. Everyone is his child. Do you think why he wants every one of his children to be happy? Of course he does. Do you think he wants every one of his children to do better than he did? Yes. Take it from me. It's a, it's an absolute yes. So when the children help one another, how do the parents feel? Parents feel happy, right? Oh, my children are cooperating. They're helping one another. Makes the parents' life easier, right? Krishna doesn't need such an easy life, but he becomes very happy when he sees the children helping each other out. And when you help each other out and the parents become happier, what happens to you after that? The parents give you special attention because they know you're a nice child. You're a good boy, good girl. And for you, I have some special gifts. Maybe a hug. It may be whatever it is, but they'll be special. When Krishna gives special gifts, there is nothing in this world that can compare. So encouraging others, enthusing others, is the most important thing. I come from a very tiny island called Fiji. How many of you know where Fiji is? Wow, quite a few. One time when I asked this question, hardly anybody had their hand up. It's a very small country, very small country. In the South Pacific. A lot of people think it's in Japan because there's a place in Japan called Fuji. Right? So you come from a nondescript country, nondescript personality, didn't have anything. But when I took to this process, amazing things started happening in my life. Till today, for those of who know me, know miraculous things have happened in my life. And more are happening. In fact, my life is becoming so amazing. I'm thinking the older I'm becoming, the happier I'm becoming. 
the greater the things that are happening in my life. I'm actually, I'm feeling embarrassed. I'm telling Krishna, you give me a lot, please. Don't have to give me any more now. And he keeps giving. He doesn't stop. So I share it with others. That way the others can have also. I'm not trying to blow my trumpet here. I'm simply letting you know it's my personal experience and it is also the personal experience of everybody who has tried this. Try focusing your life on other people's happiness. Your happiness will be guaranteed plus. And if you don't do that, then welcome to the material world. Welcome to the life of struggles and keep blaming others for whatever going wrong in your life and don't fix yourself. There's nobody else to blame but yourself. When you, when you blame somebody else, what's happening here? One finger is pointing at that person, right? But three fingers are pointing at me. One finger is up with blaming God, blame the others, but really the months, three of them are pointing right back at me. Don't blame others for what happens in our lives. It has nothing to do with our life. Our life has to do with what I can do, no matter how bad it becomes. For Prahlad Maharaj, the son of Hiranyakashipu, he was thrown into a huge pot of boiling oil. How many of you have stuck a little finger in boiling oil? Put your hand up. Stuck a little finger in boiling oil. How did it feel? Pretty nasty, right? He was thrown, lock, stock and barrel. And he was only five years of age at that time. And he was thrown into a boiling oil. What happened to him? Did he die? Did he get burned? Did he get third degree burns? No. He was chanting Hare Krishna and the oil made him feel like he was in a cauldron of, of flowers. You know, imagine a whole cauldron of rose petals and you're thrown between the rose petals. You're going to have a nice time in there, right? It's nice and soft, smells nice, cools, cooling. So many things were done. He was thrown over a cliff. You get thrown over a cliff, you're going to fall down, splat, become two-dimensional, right? From three-dimensional, go to two dimensions. Nothing happened. Now, I'm not asking you to please test these things on yourself. Don't try this at home. But the fact remains that that was because he was a transcendentalist at age five. He can handle difficulties like that. Our difficulties are nothing, right? They're small-time problems. By the way, if any of you are having problems, please come and see us. We have a lot of people who help people all the time and take care of situations. There's nothing to be worried about. In the United States, I don't think anybody's anything to worry about. But if we don't know anybody, or we're too shy to ask, or we think, I'm too proud, I'll never ask somebody else, then obviously, we can handle it on our own. And if you want to, you're fine. But learn this rule. Focus your life on others. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna, I'm going to stop here. Anybody would like to say something, or ask any questions? Often I say things are sometimes a little controversial. Yes, yes. Resolutions for New Year, yes. Yeah, discipline is... uh, Discipline simply means that your senses are in control. Discipline means to control the senses. Why the control, the senses need to be controlled is so that then the mind 
and the intelligence can become more prominent. Because otherwise, if the senses keep playing, the mind and the intelligence get distracted towards the senses, and now there's not enough time to think properly and to figure things properly that you can do in your life. See, the benefit of human life is that we have great intelligence. And using that intelligence, we can do things better than other living entities can. But they don't have as much intelligence as we have. Is it easy for a dog to become a billionaire? Well, maybe if he finds, he finds an owner who is a multi-billionaire and gives him a billion dollars. But the point is the dog cannot make it because the dog doesn't have that level of intelligence. Why? Because the dog is so much into its senses. Its senses are not in control, therefore the mind is not fully operational. Intelligence is not fully operational. So it is important for us, whether or not we achieve our resolution, yes, we should try to achieve our resolution. First, make good resolutions. Don't make resolutions that are minor and poor resolutions. And even if you don't make any resolution, then even a poor resolution is better than no resolution. Right? But make some resolutions that are strong, and then control your senses so that you can be disciplined enough to follow through and actually perform what needs to be performed and achieve what needs to be achieved. Because that will bring you to a higher level. And that higher level will allow you to go to a higher level, just like when you go to school, right? First you go to primary school, then you come to high school, then you come to university. So you can't go to university immediately, right? First go to primary school, then high school, then university. Similarly, what discipline does, it raises us to a higher level of consciousness, learning, uh, information, knowledge, etc., which will make our life a lot better, and especially it will make it a lot better when we are serving others, to help others. Because when you're helping others, the more you have, the more you can help, right? If you have a billion dollars, obviously you can help with a lot of money, with a lot of people. If you have a thousand dollars in your bank account, then that's how much you can help. You'll help a thousand dollars worth of help. Right? In terms of money. Money help, monetary help. So similarly, let's increase our strength. And as we increase our strength, our ability to serve others will increase. And then our strength will increase as well. The more we help others, the more our strength will increase, the more we'll be able to help others. So it sort of spirals upwards that way. It's a very good point that we should actually be disciplined. Discipline is the first thing that we should think of in our life. Because if we can't be disciplined, then it's a little like being wasteful, you see. I have a father, he's giving me millions of dollars, and I'm wasting it, and then I think, why don't I have anything worth worthwhile in my life? Well, I just wasted the money he gave me. So obviously I'm not going to have much. But if I didn't waste it, if I used it wisely, I will have more than I need in my life. Similarly, when we're disciplined, you will have more than you need in your life. When you're not disciplined, you'll always be wanting. And you'll always be thinking, oh, that person got a lot of money because that person cheated. Become envious of others and start saying bad things about others. If someone has done better than me, for me, that is a great thing because we're all children of the same father. Whichever child has it, for us, that's great. That means the Lord has given some some mercy to that person. That's how we see it. So we celebrate that. We don't become mad at them. We become happy that they did that. And if I want that, I can learn from them. If I don't want that, I can learn from whoever I want to learn from, depending on what I want in my life. Everybody is not looking for money. Everybody is not looking for power. Everybody is not looking for knowledge. 
or fame or beauty or renunciation. These are the opulences. But they're looking for one of those. Something they're looking for. So learn from the person who has that one. And we become successful in our lives. Thank you, Haman Prabhu. Good question. Good point. Yes, ma'am. Uh, you speak very fast. So the last bit I didn't quite catch. Repeat the last bit. What about after the what about? They take advantage of you, yeah. So what is your question? How do you handle those who are taking advantage of you? Yeah. All right. So those who are taking advantage of you, you will pretty much stop helping them so much, right? If you realize you're taking advantage of me, you're not really taking this help properly. But leave it to their karma to deal with it. You did it for the right reason. You did it. You had integrity. And your integrity will pay you big times. That person who took advantage will lose out. How will they lose out? You might stop helping them more, right? You'll think you're not being a nice person. I'm sorry. I cannot continue helping you like this. And sometimes you might give them some time to learn why what they're doing is not good for them, right? So say for example, uh, a good example is, are you, are, do you have a child? No, okay. You have a dog, yeah. So, so imagine, you know, one day when you get married, and you, uh, are you married? Okay. So let's just say you get married sometime and you have children, right? You'll notice one thing. Not always the children respond in a way that you'd appreciate. After you do a lot for them, they don't respond. What do we do? We don't say to ourselves, well, you didn't respond, so stop giving you help, right? We help them learn. We show them love, and that love, we help them learn, and they correct themselves, right? Just like in your own life, would you say you were always perfect in your life? Probably not, right? Somehow, very rarely you'll find someone really perfect, right, from early life. That's very rare. Most of us, we go through a lot of learning in our lives. You see what I'm saying? So have compassion on them, but if you see that they're really being nasty about it, then obviously there's no point throwing good money after bad, like they say. Then we don't do that. You don't spend your energy wasting your time and their time too, because they're not really responding, right? They're not taking proper uh, advantage of what you're helping them with. But always see them as also a child of God. So understand, the idea is to throw out the bathwater, but not the baby with the bathwater. See what I'm saying? Try to help the person also learn, because some of us are slow, in learning. And so if we're slow, we'd appreciate it if someone gave us a little more time, right? So like that. Some of us are very fast at learning. So we pick up very quickly. Okay. But not everybody's going to be like fast, that fast. Some. So, but keep that in mind all the time, that you're a child of God, that person's a child of God. What do you think God would want us to do? You see, If we're wasting time, then don't do that. Does that make sense? Thank you. All right, so we'll stop here because now time for a few announcements that I'm going to make and then uh, then we'll start with the arti to the Lord and Kirtan. Yes? All right, thank you very much. Vanchakapa Thurvischa, Kripasandhubhyevacha, Patitanam Pavanebhya, Vaishnavebhya, Namo Namaha. Jayanantakuri Vaishnava Vrindaki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Shri Radha Kalachanji Ki Jai, Nitai Gaur Pramanandesari Haribu.